Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Commanders fans, what's going on? All the way out to La La Land, your commanders are taking on the Rams, six and a half point dogs. I'm joined, episode 143. Uh, Believe in Commanders, I got my man, Brian Murphy, here on the other side of the screen. What's up, my man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, football season is in full swing. We're recording this on a Saturday, and there's NFL football. There are bowl games. Football season is full go. Uh, a lot of big games coming up, and so it's nice to talk about football while we still got it. It's like a smorgasbord of events that you have mm-hmm. going on. I mean, yep. NBA seasons, you know, in full effect. Um, they've got you know different golfing events that are out there around the world. I mean, the DP World Tour, um, all of these things. I mean, they're available. You can bet on them at betonline.ag uh, using our code Believe BLEAV. They got all the sports you're looking for: hockey, golf. Uh, I mentioned the big ones, baseball, the basketballs, uh, and they even have. I saw this one uh, that came up, Brian. You can you can put a bet on if Patrick Mahomes will have like more than uh, like 15 yards. So they have a very low mm. uh, hanging fruit a type gimme. of bet nice. that's out there. A little gimme, you know, a little holiday miracle that's out there for you. So uh, feel free to go over there to betonline.ag. Use our code Believe B-L-E-A-V. Get that thing done right there. But Brian, man, we we uh, you told me that we did the offensive rankings. Well, I had done it. And um, lo and behold, the audio was not there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to blame the computer. That was in no way your fault. It just wasn't picking up. Uh, I think you wow. did too good of a show. They didn't want you to your head to get too big. So I, right. it, I I sabotaged it, and I wanted to get in on this so I could join you. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I had done, I guess, a practice run. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, run. Offensive, offensive rankings. And so then really what had happened is that a couple episodes ago, we ranked the defense, kind of gave them some grades, and just went across the board to see you know how they've done this year in, in relation, just in our own personal scale. But uh, I'm trying to see how they've done in relation to what we were expecting going into the year. So this episode, we're going to talk about the offensive side of things. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about those guys who, uh, frankly, I think this is the most – Highly touted. Eh, I don't know. This one was the group that had the most potential. I think yeah. the defense was the one that you were like, they're going to be back now. But the offense, you were like, I don't know what we got, but I think it could be special. I'm really excited for it. Uh, the offense led by essentially a rookie. I mean, if this was, if this was the NBA, uh, Sam Howe would be a rookie. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. But young quarterback, a lot of receivers, young players, and a new offensive coordinator. Brian, you lead it off. Yeah, what do you so think? Uh, you know, as a whole, I think the 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 offense has been quite the roller coaster. I think you're right. I think had things broke perfectly, this could have been a really special unit, and I think we've seen glimpses of that, specifically with Sam Howell, but it just hasn't been consistent enough. And there are so many moving parts that you're, you're kind of like, well, yeah, of course, it's kind of been up and down. Um, you know, like you mentioned, a quarterback who's essentially in his first year. A uh, play caller who, you know, whether or not he called plays in Kansas City, this is his first year as the guy calling plays. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of moving parts for sure. So I guess to start at the quarterback, you know, the most important position, um, Sam Howell. I mean, I think you've seen some really good stuff. I think that you've seen some really boneheaded stuff. And again, you go back 
that he hasn't even started a full season worth seasons worth of games. Um, and, and that's kind of what you expect from a young quarterback. That's what you see from most young quarterbacks. There are games where they're like, yeah. And then there are games like, okay, this guy's got something special. And I think there was every bit of that for Sam. Howe. I think if I had to give him a letter grade, I would do a solid, um, I would say a B minus. I think he really, uh, I think he did enough good that he, I think he should be the guy moving forward. Um, obviously there's a conversation to be had if you end up with one of those top two picks and where, where everybody kind of assumes the top two quarterbacks are going to go and it all, there are many factors that go into it, who the coach is going to be all that. But I think on the surface, whether it's here or else, I don't think it'll be elsewhere, but I think Sam Howe deserves to be uh, a quarterback in the national football league. And I think that he will be for the commanders next season. There have been some bad, um, but there's been enough good that he's kept them in some games. You know, I know this last month has not been pretty, but you think back to both of the Eagles games where you could argue that they probably should have won those games. Um, Oh, yeah, one of them at least. Yeah, he's made some some really good plays. Uh, You know, uh, another one going to uh, in Seattle basically brought them down and tied the game up late. So there have been a lot of really good moments. I I knock them down because there have been some bad moments. But again, I think... I think where if this was a quarterback in his fifth or sixth year, I think I would probably drop it to a C, but he's a young guy, and I expect that to where I'm going to leave it at a B minus, and I feel pretty good about that. All right, so you're kind of you're leaning, giving him a, a little boost, you know, since he's younger. You get you essentially started him at a little higher rating, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah. And then he okay, I got it. B minus. I would say on my scale, it's a little high for me, but I agree with you on all of the, so, the sentiments. So this that's that's interesting because I feel like you were really lenient with the defense, but you're yeah. a little bit you're feeling a little bit harsher with the offense. Is that the case overall, no, or well, just Sam Howe? No, no, not not really with him. It, it it was like you look at the performance. I look I do like the performance. Uh, I think the stats are you know, are pretty good, fairly good. Eighteen uh, touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, and um, consistently in the ranks of the top passers in the I was league. Say, yeah. Um, but on the flip, I mean, flip side, you know, he's learning on the go. So, right, it's kind of like one of those ones where uh, when you're grading, when a coach grades you, or at least when I was getting graded, they would say, hey, if you just do your job, like, it's just, that that's just bare bones. There's nothing there, right? I'm going to just leave it as crap. It's almost like a, let's call it like a B, all right, a B. Mm-hmm. And then if you, if you do a little bit above, then we're going to give you pluses and then minuses. So I'm saying... Sam kind of was he was kind of where we thought he would be as a as a first year starter. So I would give him a B, you could say C plus, wherever it is, just like kind of right in that area where it's been pretty good. I like the flashes for sure. I, I I've gone on and on about the attributes and the characteristics of a guy. So I know that the potential is so much higher. Uh, I've said on last episode and other episodes, it's hard it's hard to really gauge things when you're working from third in forever. It's sure. hard to uh, if you gauge everybody just off of their third down performance. I mean, shoot, you put them at the bottom of the league. But uh, on, on Twitter, somebody had posted on there. Somebody else's rankings had him up at 15. Right. So I saw that. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good behind Sam Howe. So I, I think he's I think he performed as expected. That's that's what it, it is at the end for me. He performed as expected. Um, I had high hopes for the offense as a whole. But from him, his performance, I think he performed as expected. Yeah, I, I think the defense can be I, – I, maybe the top two or three reasons this season has gone off the rails, I, I would blame on the defense. And I, I think that in a perfect world, 
uh, if we're, we're sitting at week one, right, right before week one, when they're about to face the Cardinals, if Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy and obviously Jack Del Rio as well wanted to give you their blueprint for the season, I don't think Sam Howe would have been leading the league or tops of the league in passing yeah. attempts. There's no way you want a guy who's making at the time was making his second career start to be chucking the ball upwards of 40, 50 times a game. I don't think that was the blueprint, but the defense was so bad that he had to, that, that, yeah. uh, you know, game script is thrown around a lot, especially in fantasy football, which I am big in, but game script, like there were, there have not been a game where he has not had to, pretty much play from behind and yep. so i think it's not exactly what i don't think they expected that and so the fact that he's had to do a little bit of that i kind of grade that not even as his fault and mm -hmm. so for him to force a few throws and have some turnovers i would expect that when you're thrown when you're from behind a, a whole lot so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you i don't think it was i ideal this situation but as far as what we expected from sam Howe, i think you're absolutely right this is kind of baseline and what we kind of you know thought might happen yeah. Now, one one thing I am I am impressed with um, is that looking at statistics and receiver wise, I went back. I mentioned this on, mentioned this on the last episode with Lake Lewis. Um, Sam has thrown the ball to more receivers in comparison to how Patrick Mahomes did when he was in this offense as Eric B. I say this offense with Eric B. Enemy as offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Sure. The the two the top two guys out there in Kansas City were Tyreek and Travis. Okay, the, those are the top two guys, and they would combine for almost twenty five hundred yards year in and year out. The next closest was was Amico Hardman at five hundred six hundred yards. Yeah, you have a team now where you have four players over four hundred yards. A couple of running backs have three hundred yards. So he's spreading the ball around to so many different people. Um, that's something to think about as well. So he's great season. I don't think you need to worry about you know, drafting a quarterback, uh, even if you are in one of those top two spots, I don't think that you need to do it. Um, just get really creative. Whoever the GM is, find a way to turn that one pick into two or three or four. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hey, well, you'll, you'll have a successful draft. Um, now let's move back. Yeah, well, I mentioned these running backs having a couple of receptions. The two main ones in, in the backfield that, that y'all know about, B-Rob and, and Gibson, Antonio Gibson, 326 and 322 yards receiving for each of them, respectively. Five touchdowns in between them. Uh, B-Rob's at 664 yards rushing. He's definitely taking the, the brunt of the carries. 46 right. carries, only 46 carries for AG. Uh, 40 carries by Sam Howell. So if you in relation, you could see then yeah, Rodriguez has 31. Uh, what are you thinking about the running back room? How do you think they played? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of harsh. I did not think at the beginning of the season that this running back room was anything special. And I thought it was going to be to the detriment of this team. But I think I've been pleasantly surprised. I think Brian Robinson is a real weapon. Um, I think for the most part, I know I don't know he's not going to play this weekend against the Rams, but I think for the most part, he's been your bell cow. Um, and, and we, we had questions coming in based off of what Kansas city did. Like how was the running back going to be used, uh, where we saw in Kansas city, we still see it now that they have two, three guys. It just depends on the game and what, what the game looks like, how they're going to be used. So I, I don't know that I expected a whole lot out of the running backs, sure. but, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised. I think I would give them a, a solid B. Um, I think Brian Robinson's going to be in the top 15 or so rushing yards he he's shown that he can be a, a legitimate threat in the passing game as you shared there um and we saw a couple of times he's had a couple two three receiving touchdowns this year so um i think he's been really solid i think he can be your running back one um and, and, and can 
can be a big weapon in this league. I mean, I know, if, again, going back to fantasy, I know that's not everything, but at one point he was a top five, top seven running back in fantasy, which means mm -hmm. you're up numbers. And so it's been an impressive year for Brian Robinson. I think that he has shown that he's a legit running back. Um, Antonio Gibson, there hasn't been a whole lot of work for him. I mean, I was looking back, you know, at some of his stats and there were times when he would touch the ball maybe once a game. There are times yeah. when he would touch it five, six times a game. He can still make plays. Um, I just think he was he did what he was asked to do. And sometimes that was kind of be the third down guy. Sometimes that was, okay, you're going to run a route just to give you know, B-Rob a, a blow here. So yeah. I, I think as far as what they were asked to do, I think you have to be pleasantly surprised and pleased with the running backs. I don't know if Antonio Gibson is around next year, especially when you have a young guy like Chris Rodriguez, who seems like he's can sure. contribute because he, he did a little bit this year. So I, I'm curious what the running back room looks like next year. I think that's very low on the priority list but it will be an interesting thing um, but as far as these guys uh, I've been really pleased with what they had and I, I kind of have to eat my words from the beginning of the year because I didn't think they were they were much coming into the season yeah I think they've been they've they've made the most of their opportunities that's that's yeah. for sure that's for damn sure and you mentioned what's going on in Kansas City in the in those same time periods Isaiah Pacheco was the one running back that had 800 900 yards by himself um, and nobody else really carried the load. So you're seeing Brian yeah. Robinson kind of take that type of role, that Isaiah Pacheco uh, type of vibe. Uh, slightly different way, but he's still getting it done uh, over mm -hmm. there as well. Um, with, with AG for me, it was just, I feel like it was just trying to find a way to work him in. You, you got an offense that has a whole bunch of weapons, and it's it's almost one of those ones where every time you get somebody the ball, you expect them to, to do something special with it. But that's not what that's not how the game rolls. You know what I mean? You're not you're not always going to get in those situations. But I, I'm I'm impressed with the running back room. I think that they have. Uh, even said it. He had to. He grew, he grew because of Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah. Um, he knows that he's going to have to lean on that guy a lot more. Uh, to get the most out of this offense. So it's going to make him fight his tendencies. And, and I can see that being something that could be, a, you know, a great relationship moving forward uh, as long as EB gets to stay here in town. Uh, now, you know, we go past Kester. We'll save the O-line for last. Um, we'll save the O-line for last. Uh, as in where they're ranked last. Is that where they are? They, I know they're down there at the bottom. It's been it's been rough for the boys up front, man. It's been rough for the boys yeah. up front. But uh, we'll talk about the pass catchers, the guys that's out there. Uh, my my versus in the room, man. Right, my guys. I think. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I want to hear you. You go first here because I want to hear your thoughts specifically on the receivers. You know, I I, I, I would say that my expectations coming in were uh, much larger numbers just across the board. Mm -hmm. That's what I expected. But I did say early on, I said, you got a whole bunch of weapons. So I wouldn't be surprised if receptions came down and you're seeing that across the board. But like, like Sam spreading the ball to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I think overall it's been an underwhelming performance from the receivers uh, just because of what we were expecting things to be. Um, I think that they've had a they've had a tough year for sure. I, I'd have to rank them like probably about similar with Sam, just right around a high C. You know, just they they were out there. They've gotten some things done. They made some plays, uh, but the receivers can really only go as far as their quarterback can go. Um, and 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 that's, that sounds bad. It sounds like it's Sam's fault, but it's not. It, you know, Sam's learning as they go. Um, and so then they have to take those things. Now they could elevate his play and, and maybe take a pass and then house it, but 
you know, once again, it's tough when you're in third and 18. So a lot of things kind of pile up and, and make it hard on that receiver room. So honestly, truthfully, yeah, I got to give him a high C just right in there. You, you, you know, it's been a solid season, but definitely not what anybody was expecting. I know it's frustrating for them. Uh, it's frustrating for us to watch, uh, but I, I know that it's a room that, that they're competitive enough that they want to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think if, if you asked me about a month ago, I, I would have been a little bit higher. Um, but this last month has been tough. I mean, Terry McLaurin has been almost shut out. It, f- it feels like the last few games. And if there was anybody that I thought was going to benefit from Eric Bieniemy and 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 have a huge year, I thought it was going to be Terry McLaurin. But there are so many factors, some that you've already mentioned. I mean, I, I was just counting that, that Sam Howe has thrown a, a ball to 13 different receivers. I'd be, I bet you that's at the top of the league or at least near there. And yeah. so there has been a little bit more of the, the love spread around. And so I think that that goes into it. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think that the, the receivers could have helped out their, their, their young quarterback a little bit more. I mean, the fact that Terry was held, uh, you know, without a reception, what, what was that? Uh, Miami, you know, a week or two ago. Yeah. Miami. Yeah. Um, you know, that's inexcusable against the Miami defense. It's okay. I mean, I know they have good corners, but you should yeah. be able to, to, to get something on the board. So I think it has been disappointing, um, in a bunch of different ways. That's why I have to lean to a C plus, but, um, then you look at, you know, I say that, and then speaking of spreading the ball around, you know, I said 13 different receivers, and then, you know, eight of those guys have at least one touchdown. So, yeah. I mean, that's not just the receivers that, that throws in the tight ends as well, but, uh, you know, all of it comes into play. I think you've got to partially blame Sam Howell, not even blame, but I think part of it is Sam Howell. Part of it's the game, you know, the, the plays being called. Part of it's the fact that teams know you're, you're, you're going to be down, you're down big and you know, you're going to be throwing. So that kind of takes yeah. some of the pressure or, you know, put some of the pressure on you, but overall yeah. a kind of a disappointing season, Terry McLaurin, I think he can still get there. He's just under oh, yeah. 700 yards, but I, I think he could still get to a thousand. Whereas I thought he would be well over that this year. And so overall, just a little bit disappointing. And I have to yeah. throw in the tight ends real quick. I mean, the tight ends, we weren't sure about it from the get go. Uh, Logan Thomas has been out there, but there have been times when he kind of disappears. Uh, the tight end room yeah. was just kind of not a factor, which you were kind of. Su- I don't think we expected a Travis Kelsey to emerge on this team. Uh, yeah. When you're talking about what Eric Bieniemy did in Kansas City, but I thought the tight end would be used a little bit more, and they almost just yeah. kind of didn't prioritize it, which was interesting. I mean, you have you have so many weapons across the board. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really like you just have so many good spices, but you can't put it on one steak. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. You can't put all of that on the steak. <clears throat> And, and I know some people are like, all you put on there is salt and pepper. But you get what I'm saying? You can only mm-hmm. put so much out there. You can't overdo and, it. Yeah. And even like, okay, like, oh, man, well, Terry, and then I got Terry. I got Jahan. I got Curtis. I got Logan that you want to get the rock to. Then you got these running backs. that you, I'm already up to six people. All right. Now, if you say everybody's getting five attempts, five targets, that's already 30 passes, you know. And, and we already pushing for Terry to get 10. So then you push, you know, so you gotta, it gets down to the point to where you're going to get one or two shots. And unfortunately it, it, it holds uh held Terry out for a little bit. That game against Miami. Um, I do think tight end is a spot that needs to upgrade. Um, look for that to happen in the draft yeah. and get a little creative. Uh, but we finish up with the offensive real, line. Real quick. One, one bright spot. I will say it has been impressive. What uh, Curtis Samuel has done. I thought he was, 
you know, I think obviously everybody would expect a little bit more, but the fact that he's been out there all but one game so far when, when we knew injuries were kind of here and there, and he's been their best receiver on a couple different Sundays. So I've mm-hmm. been impressed by him. I don't know what that looks like going forward, if he'll be part of the next wave, but I, I've definitely been impressed. I think this was the Curtis Samuel that they were, were hoping for a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. He's been on. He's been available. The yep. best ability is availability. That's so, right. Uh, shout out to that. But let's slide over to the offensive line. The big guys up front. We got to talk about those fellows, man. You got to see. You know, obviously, we no, we know sorry. what it is. Fifty-eight sacks on the year. For a while, it was well on pace to break a record. Um, and now you're sitting at the top of the draft. People are saying, "Go and get." You know, your generational talent uh, fell out of Penn State, fell out of Notre Dame. Your choice. They feel like you can't go wrong. Uh, offensive line, I got to give them a D minus, man. Mm-hmm. D minus. And, and that's, I mean, 58 sacks is, is that's, that's enough. That's enough. It's, a, it's just a part to where it's such, it's such an integral part of the game that if, if you don't have the offensive line, you could go on and on about having the quarterback. Yeah, I, I would say if you don't have, you know, at least the offensive line to keep them up, then the quarterback doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So it's been a problem in the city for a while. Um, I think they can, you know, make some changes and, and improve a few things and, and surely hopefully make something happen this upcoming year. But for me, uh, well, go ahead. I'm gonna let you give your grade, but I think D minus. Go ahead. I'm going to give them an F. Uh, I think their play, I think I agree with you, is probably a D, but I'm going to throw a couple other factors in there. And one of those is you knew this was a, you knew this was a position that you needed to upgrade, right? I think Charles Leno, as good a guy as he is, he's been solid. He's been durable. He's probably played through a whole heck of a lot, but he just has not been good enough. And I think you could have, and I know left tackles don't grow on trees, but I feel like you didn't have a really great plan at left tackle. Yeah. Then you come into the season you and your your two big you know signings that you didn't have a lot of space to work with, but your two big signings, you you go and get Andrew Wiley, who was handpicked by Eric Bieniemy, came with him from Kansas City, yeah. and then you sign Nick Gates. Well, Andrew Wiley has not been very good, and I know this whole line's not been very good, but he especially has not been great. I'm not sure that he's actually a tackle. Um, I think he might be better at a guard, and it feels like there's a bunch of those kind of pieces that you're not quite sure what position they're supposed to play. And when you're sitting here with four weeks left in the season you still don't have any idea, that's when I'm falling down to an F. And the Nick Gates benched halfway through the year because he just wasn't good enough. And and I'm not even putting all that on him because they they bring him in as a center – I think he's a guard too. So you sign two guards to play in different positions. You're setting yourself up for failure. And that's why I have to give this, this group a a failing grade overall. I do think you found something in Chris Paul. I think at the very least, he is a durable um, backup, if not a starter. I think Sadiq Charles, when he's been out there has been solid. And then I, I, I think Sam Cosme as, as much again, as you drafted him to be a right tackle, he's, he's now there holding it down pretty well as a guard. So I think there are some positives. If you squint your eyes and, and kind of yeah. look at it, you can find some positive yeah. positives, but uh, I'm giving it a fail. An F plus, I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah. I, I'm still giving it an F. Yeah, D minus works for me. F plus, that's damn near the same thing. That what are you doing though? How are you? How are you addressing this thing? I have my recipe. So how are you addressing this thing? What do you do? For, listen, what are you doing in free agency and in the draft? If you're, I still stand by Marvin Harrison. I understand that the offensive line is is what it is, but I, I'm not passing up on Marvin Harrison. However, if you drop out of that top three four and Marvin Harrison's already gone, I again 
am sprinting up to the podium to pick the offensive tackle that you like the best. So I think that is your probably your yeah. most likely scenario is taking an offensive tackle at the top of the draft. Otherwise, I think with this this insane amount of cap money, you need to find two starters. And I know that that's not that's easier said than done. And usually yeah. starters don't get you know let go. They they're not just free to to hand pick. But I think you need to go out there and you need to even if it means you know putting a little bit more money than you wanted to i think you have yeah. to make up for last year and go get two starters um and and if, if if you don't get that that offensive tackle at the top of the draft regardless i think you need two new really do plug and play guys coming into this year i'm i'm, I'm swiping year. i'm swiping to find my list uh cuz i was doing my homework to see what was out there look at there. you what a student man just 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 on top of these things uh cuz uh, there's a couple names that you talk about getting two starters connor williams is a guy that's out there he was with the guard that was drafted by the cowboys he's in miami he's set to be yeah. a free agent now he's at center down there now do i expect him to be like i want to leave miami um to go to Washington, sure. you never know. But the right amount of dollars could get somebody to to, called, to move. I think it's called money whipping someone. Yeah, right. <laughs> somebody he might be willing to do it, um, and then it gets he get a chance to play Dallas twice. So he could be somebody. Uh, then Jonah Williams, uh, if you want to save money on nameplates, Jonah Williams as well. He could come over there and, and you could put him at a tackle <laughs> position. Because see, I'm have, thinking <laughs> you have one jersey made up with Williams, and so uh, Jonah visits on uh, on one day. And then Connor is it Connor? I can't remember the other Connor, guy. Yeah, yep. the other one visits on another day. You just have the Williams jersey just sitting on the table. Yeah, let's not let, let, let's not do that. That that is Washington of old. Y'all better, yeah, it really y'all is, better right? personalize. Y'all see what happened with Steph Curry? See, why he's not with not why he wasn't with Reebok? You heard about that story, didn't you? No, I didn't. So Steph Curry went on his uh he went on his marketing meeting. Um, I, I want to say Reebok, one of the other shoe companies, obviously not Under Armour. Well, the the uh, the presentation they forgot to update it, uh, oh, so gosh. it had Kevin Durant's information oh, all gosh. on there, and then they also called him Stephen, not Stephen. Of course, yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, I've heard, I've been in church services or at schools where they try to be hip with young people, and they bring up Steph Curry <laughs> and they say Stephen. I'm like, yeah. Swing and a miss. Oh, that's strike miss. one. Um, big miss. Yeah, it would be like Washington to have just the same jersey and a Velcro patch where they just remove the name and put a new name on okay. there. So let's not do that. Yeah, that's let's a good point. That. That's a good point. But there, but there are people that are out there. I personally right. think that it's a mix of a. If I feel like if you're at, if you get into the trade side of things, if you're at two, I could see maybe you fall back a space or two to pick up still get your tackle and get back into the first round it just there's more ways to shuffle that deck i'd say but it's got to be a combination of both because you got to have a dog on that offensive line that's going to be able to lead this group and then you got to have a young dog that's going to be able to hold it look, down for the next 10 15 years look i think one of your first three picks you know you're going to have a couple of picks early in the second round as well i think one of your first three maybe two of them have to be offensive linemen and you don't want to reach just because you need the position yeah. uh, they have to be guys that you can put in day one to play and i think that there are some some players available there but yeah you gotta this is this is priority number one otherwise you're sitting there i don't care who the new coach is if he's an offensive genius he's not going to be able to do anything with sam howell if he's continually on his back that is true i mean you speak of new coaches and and 
there was uh you sent it to me and that shout out to I gotta, papa murphy that's right he's our Big number one papa fan I, he's he might be our inside source and yes so it it kind of sounds convoluted when i read it out but i did listen to the clip so my my, my dad has a cousin who is a die like us diehard steelers <laughs> fan so he's got all his steelers podcasts and all that and i believe there's a guy named david glazer who's a pittsburgh area media guy and apparently he is mike tomlin's like I don't know if it's mole or or go to guy when he wants something in the press. I assume that that's kind of there's probably a guy like that in every city where you know sure. that the coach trusts him that sort of thing. Well, he yeah. said he said was kind of talking about he said it would be crazy if the Steelers let him go. He was mentioning that there would be people lining up immediately, but if yeah. even if he's not available, he was saying that people need to be, you know, reaching out to the Steelers and unprompted this guy brought up the commanders. So there is a little what? smoke there. I don't think there is anything concrete, but what he brought up was that he's from Virginia, that mm. he, uh, that Josh Harris also at one point was a minority owner with the Steelers. So I imagine, mm. you know, if even if Mike Tomlin doesn't really know Josh Harris, that Josh Harris obviously is very familiar with Mike Tomlin. Mm. You got to think Josh Harris is thinking, who can I bring in here to bring some excitement? He knows he's, Kind of off to the side here. Josh Harris has to know that he's kind of fighting an uphill battle. Yes, he's a new owner. Yes, it's a new era. But the facilities, the uncertainty around the 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 stadium, these are things that he's got to think about when he's recruiting people. A guy like Mike Tomlin seems like the ultimate guy to bring in and be like, he is a player's coach through and through. Why wouldn't you want to play with him? So it makes a lot of sense. And the fact that it's coming from Mike Tomlin's guy it makes me interested and kind of something to keep an eye on. Whereas I told you, Anthony, I'm looking for the youngest, hottest offensive mind out there that is a, that would be a good head coaching candidate. But if I'm going to go with a quote unquote retread, and I don't think Mike Tomlin's a retread. I think he has a whole mm -hmm. lot left on those tires. Sign me up for Mike Tomlin right now at this, this moment. This piqued my interest. When this came across, I had to set up straight. Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay. The thing I said was Mike Tomlin is probably the only head coach that I feel like could keep Eric Bieniemy in Washington. And that was and, a huge as point. OC. Yeah, I really liked your point there, and I think that there's a lot of validity to that. Um, yeah, yeah, Exp expound on that. Because, I mean, you, you already know Mike Tomlin is a defensive-minded guy anyways. he got a great defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, so you'd love to see that type of – you know, that group come over. I think there's a lot of pieces up front uh, and in this defense that should be excited about that. But mm -hmm. the thing that I love the most about Mike Tomlin, especially him coming from the Steelers organization, because this is one of those uh, pristine organizations that really do a damn good job of developing players over the over the long term. Now, you don't you, when you get into that system, you're in that system. And they build you up and they and they get you. They take care of you. So from a player aspect, you, you got to know that that's mm -hmm. going to be the place to go. Now, um, I, I also know that I was saying this, he's going to be able to creatively say things uh, to creatively get Eric Bieniemy's message across. Yeah. Okay. Eric Bieniemy has a, a level of accountability that he has. I believe that Mike Tomlin does as well, but he gets it across for, he, he's going to talk a little mess to you too, Yeah. but he all, but you also know that he has your back. So I feel like if you have a head coach that, that's in alignment with what, Eric Bieniemy is trying to do, and I, I honestly don't see how anybody in this current Ashburn, Virginia locker room would be able to would be upset if Mike Tomlin were to become the head coach. Yeah, I don't and, see how you could do that. 
And one point that I looked up, I went back and looked, and it was either 2006 or 2008. These guys were on the same staff in Minnesota. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some familiarity there. They're, I feel like we're kind of have like a conspiracy theory with strings, you know, uh, strung out on a dartboard. Like, okay, well, now look. But uh-huh. I, I think that it would make a lot of sense. And, and as much as maybe you want a new coach that's never been a head coach or something shiny, uh, there's nothing wrong with Mike Tomlin, who is is plenty shiny on his own. But you know, I did I did some research too uh, on this because you talk about you, how man, you are how such you, a good student. I, I was up late, man. Everybody was asleep. I was <laughs> crunching up late, for finals, putting together my little conspiracy board. I was looking back at the trades. All right, trades for coaches. It doesn't happen that often, but it's happened a few times. Uh, the <laughs> biggest trade. All right, the big. I mean, you got Herm Edwards for a fourth round pick, Bruce Arians for a seventh round pick, Mike Holmgren from Green Bay to Seattle for a two. Uh, but it started getting into big money uh, way down here. Bill Parcells, ninety seven for uh, nineteen ninety seven, third and a fourth, ninety eight second, first round pick in ninety nine, plus three hundred k. But then John Gruden, this was the biggest one of them mm-hmm. all. In O two, he uh, they got an O two one and a two, a O three. First and uh, 04 second plus eight million dollars. That's how much they traded. Uh, Tampa Bay traded to Oakland for John Gruden. They got a Super Bowl out of it, but what would you trade for Mike Tomlin? I would, um, I'd feel comfortable giving up, you know, hopefully your extra second. I, I don't think I'd go to a first round pick, but I, I think a you know, early second, third round pick if you started there. Uh, I'd be okay with that. And if, if, you know, if the Steelers look like they're moving on or they, they feel like, you know, he's run his course in Pittsburgh, they lose kind of some of the, the bargaining leverage there, I would think. So I, I don't think well, you have to give. Not necessarily. Because you don't think so? The, well, because the thing is, is you'll trade. Maybe you're willing to pay a little bit more to be ahead of the line and trade sure. for him. You get sure. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. don't even don't even release him trade him on over here i mean none of these things include players but i also didn't know that you know sometimes they include multiple years of draft compensation multiple and in one instance the most recent millions of dollars i didn't even write down uh with sean payton yeah it was just it was just a 2023 first and a 2024 second see i i can't give you a first i mean obviously i'm not giving and, and you he the- was out of the game yeah, I'm not giving you a first round pick. I don't care if it's pick number five or pick number 32. I think that added year is so important for a rookie yeah. that I, I don't think I could be talked into a first pick. Uh, but, you know, a couple twos, a, a two and a three, a two can and a four. Do, can you do can you trade players? Is that a thing, too? That's I a, don't yeah, know. That's interesting. I mean, I guess any deal could be done. I mean. I don't know, shoot. John Allen talks about wanting to leave. I feel like I say his name a lot, so I apologize for that. But uh, I mean, he says he wants to go. I he I think he would fit, you know, a Pittsburgh defensive he, style. It may it may make sense. You know, be I mean? the heir apparent to Cam Hayward. I mean, that's there just another go. guy that just right? holds down the middle. Yeah. So I mean, it's just, it's just something. Me, you got to think. I mean, hey, the way the league is going now, trades left and I don't right. I think there are rules. Honestly, I think they're like as long as you guys agree on this, it doesn't look too shady. Send it yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, we need they need some spice because yeah, know, they need they need some spice. But I mean, I honestly, do what you got to do, do what you got to do. I know this much, though, folks. Um, there is a game that's on Sunday. I know uh, we've we, been we, we've been dancing around it because there's we've no been, we've been dancing around it for sure. But I mean, we'll spend, we'll do this. Give me sixty seconds, sixty mm-hmm. second thoughts. Okay, you tell me Washington at L.A. 
Six and a half point favorites are the Rams. I yeah. betonline.ag. Tell me, Brian, what are your 60 second thoughts? So, after watching Thursday night football, I'm a little nervous that the commanders are going to come out looking like the Chargers. Maybe they realize that break felt pretty good and they're just trying to get through this last month. I hope that's not the case because I think there is a lot that you want to see from some of these young players. But I am uh, I am nervous that it's going to be a Miami uh, 2.0. I just think that the Rams are playing some good football. Cooper Cup is fully healthy, and he looks like Cooper Cup from a couple of years ago. Puka Nakua has probably been one of the best stories of the league, if yeah. not for his own teammate and Kyron Williams. They just have a three-headed monster, and we're not even talking about the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who largely looks like he's playing close to that Super Bowl year. So I'm real nervous about this offense that the Rams bring to the table and that defense is stingy it's led by aaron donald uh, and that just saying his name is enough to know what you got to deal with there so i am nervous about this game I, I if i were if i were to take a pick i would take uh la here i think washington can keep it close a little bit but i just think that offense is too yeah. high powered right now and i think that the rams hopefully they don't have their way uh the whole time but uh, i think that they'll they'll put up some big numbers just before the bell ding 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 your 60 seconds is up thank you brian murphy it's my turn sorry it's my turn thank you very much round of applause i can uh, i can see the rest of my 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 one second to back to you there you go thank you sir i will take it from here my 60 second thoughts on this game is that number one i do think the rams are the better team I do. They're playing good ball. They're playing for the playoffs. So they got right. a little bit more juice right now. The, the the commanders, they're playing for their jobs, if we're being real. Ron Rivera is in all accounts. He's gone. All right. And, it, you know, he's gone. You're not playing for him right now. You're playing to make sure that you can put some good things on tape and still show that you're going to be a part of this organization or somebody's in the side of this league. But when it comes to Sunday, you got to find a way to stop the passing game. Got to find a way to stop the pass the game. But ironically enough, you're going to do it by stopping the run up front. Make sure that the, the Rams aren't running the ball. They are not in favorable third downs. And that's going to make Matt Stafford force the ball into the air. Now, it could be a problem, but I feel like, hey, the secondary is going to have to make a play sometime. And if you're getting pressure on Matt Stafford, he will throw an interception or two. So up front, John Allen and crew, stop the run, get after the quarterback. You'll get some interception in the back end. All right, I, I want to bring this up a quick question. What would it take, and I mentioned Thursday night, I don't think anybody expected the Chargers to get their doors beat off like that. <laughs> but with it, it, it was kind of obvious Brandon Staley was largely in the same boat as Ron Rivera. What would it take on Sunday for, for Josh Harris to decide, you know what, we don't need to see the rest of this year for you, Ron. Let's just get, get ahead of the game. If I mean, if it, if it's something like you saw on Thursday night, and it gets like that, yeah. That's you need to just go on ahead and yeah, pack that thing up. Tell them to the, come on. The, the sad thing is, I'm asking that because we've seen this team do that before. I mean, we saw it with the Bears on Thursday night. We saw, uh, you know, the basically that's what the the Cowboys ended up as. I know they played a little bit more competitive through three quarters, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. That's why I just just curious because yeah. I I would not be. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked to see Ron Rivera fired yeah. come Monday, depending on how it goes. Yeah, now I'll say this. If the team, like, that's why I say you're playing for your job. You got to show up inspired. You got to show yeah. up ready to rock and roll. You know, sure, you know, what, what the coach is saying may not hold that much weight because in a month he's not going to be around. But 
what he's saying still holds some weight where he's like, guys, show up. You got to tackle. You still got to do the right thing because you don't want people to have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to making evaluations and try and decide, does this that's, person fit with this organization or not? That's what I agree with. Again, bringing up Thursday, I'm like, yeah, they did. They weren't playing for Brandon Staley, but what were they playing for? I mean, there was no pride out there by the Chargers to where you're like, what are they going to look like the rest of this year? I don't know that yep. Brandon Staley was the entire issue. So you're absolutely right. There's some pride to be had, not just for the, the coach, but for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, with all of that said, I, I think that this is a – I say it's a closer game. I think the Rams will win it, but I think Washington can can stay within that six and a half. So I, I said – what I was on the I Believe in Rams show with Cam Lynch and, and Jake Ellen. Ellen Boggin, uh, shout out to those guys. I had him at 38-33. He had 38-13. I said, you're not going to disrespect him like that. We ain't. <laughs> I said, not, not when I'm visiting. No, you wait till yeah. I'm off <laughs> off the air. You you say that. Then you stuff. make fun of me. Then you make fun of me. 38-35 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what I had because I figure, hey, look, the secondaries had some mishaps. They, they You saw what the, the Rams and the, what the Ravens were able to do against the Rams. So, you know, maybe those receivers are getting excited. Maybe they can see, hey, maybe we can have a little game, get get live out here in L.A., have a little fun on the road, right? Yeah. So it's a fast track, great opportunity to get back going. So that, that's my thoughts, 60 seconds plus uh, with it, it all. With it all, yes, indeed. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, a lot to look forward to over this last month, regardless of how the commanders do on the field. I mean, we're already talking draft and all that, but it is interesting to see how this team carries itself down the last month and who are going to be contributors for this team moving forward. You don't just sign 53 new players when a new coach comes into town. So some of these guys are going to be part of the plan moving forward, and now is that time to – to, to show yourself to whoever is coming in next yes it does now do me this favor jump on twitter let us know jump in the conversation because y'all been doing that lately and i appreciate it uh let us know would you what would you trade for mike tomlin do you would you want mike tomlin as the head coach drop into that conversation over there on twitter at believe commanders on twitter on youtube on tiktok but hit us up on the twitter that's where we're gonna get the chopping it up and don't forget to head over there to bet online y'all use our code believe b-l-e-a-v get that 50 percent welcome bonus that's Brian. That's Brian Murphy. I'm Anthony Armstrong. Y'all be good. Take it easy. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Believe in Commanders. It'll be episode 144. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.